Everybody has a passion. But what if you could get paid to talk about your passion? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. All right, let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. You can make money from your podcast even with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one singular location. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, Panther Nation? I am your host of the Proud Report, the one and only Panther Guru, joined by the amazing and insightful Carolina Dave. What's up, Panther Nation? Hope everybody's doing good. Dave, this is a, it's an amazing time right now. You know, as far as uh, preseason awards go, and the Athletic published a report giving out some of their preseason accolades. They actually have the Panthers as one of their surprising teams that did way better than expected this year and also have Jeremy Chin as a runner, not a front runner, but as one of the top candidates for winning the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. He's got to be, if he's not number one, he's got to be number two or number three. I mean, he just, talking about a value pick, I mean, he had a lot of com- comparisons in uh, coming out of the draft to uh, a guy that a lot of a lot of people said the Panthers should have took in the first round with Isaiah Simmons, but uh, he's outplayed him by a long shot, wouldn't you say? Oh no, absolutely, it definitely has, and and that's the most interesting part I think about this whole thing is the fact that um, Isaiah Simmons was a player that I even wanted, and I talked about him during our early draft show that the Panthers almost had to get. Isaiah Simmons. I was disappointed when we drafted Derrick Brown. I was not going to lie. I was so pissed. I was like, how could they miss on a player like Isaiah Simmons? But, man, when you look uh, already back at the decision, you realize that it was the right move for sure. For Yeah, I was – I was uh, when I seen Isaiah Simmons fall, because I didn't think he'd be there first off. I didn't think he'd be there at seven. I, I was locked in on Derek Brown. I mean, it, all the mock drafts, and I mean, a lot of people don't give stock to mock drafts. Mock drafts, but I was like, we're we're definitely getting Derek Brown. We got to establish the middle of the the defensive line to somebody to pair with Brian Burns. But when Isaiah Simmons got there, I was like, okay, our defense is not that great to where we still can't take best pay, best player available. But I mean. You got to Matt Rule knows what he's doing when it comes to evaluating college talent, and he's proven it. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the matchup for this week. You know, the Carolina Panthers are going and taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming off a bitter loss against the Saints, and they're looking for revenge. And it looks like they want to feast on us. And I kind of think that they're really going to really give it to us. But we know that the Panthers never just fold. And we always keep things close. So this has the potential to be a high-scoring game. But the way that Buccaneers defense is playing and the way Tom Brady is expecting to light us up, I just don't know. But what are your thoughts? Let's start off with the injury report for both teams. Yeah, um, unfortunately, the injury report 
like as of late has uh, affected the Panthers more than the um, the Bucks and other teams that we've been playing lately. It looks like they've ruled out Christian McCaffrey, uh, Russell Okung, Stephen Weatherly, and Reggie Bonifon. Both Weather Weatherly and uh, Bonifon; those are probably COVID related because Bonifon was coming back from an injury, and I was looking for him to have a big impact with McCaffrey gone. And then we also got Jeremy Chin, Marquise Haynes, and uh, Ida Gross Matos, and also Dante Jackson as questionable. So we've we've definitely got some um, big names on the injury report that uh, are um, definitely scary going into Sunday's game. What is the biggest player on that list that you're most concerned about? Um, it's as far as the uh, injury report goes. If if they're ruled out, they're ruled out. So questionable. I mean, Yuta Gross Matos and Marquise Haynes because Stephen Weatherly's already put out. So if that if if both uh, Gross Matos and Haynes can't go, that means we're going to see. I mean, Brian Burns and F.A. Abada can't come off the field. No, absolutely. There'll be no rotational help for either one of them. And right. they might try to um, – speaking of F.A. Obata, he's been playing really well as of late, and it's looking like he's finally coming into his own. But do you think that we have any players that might have to re- uh, rotate from the defensive line, the interior, that is, to the outside, and who's capable of doing that? Um, we uh, – I mean – Obata's definitely he's proven with his uh, flexibility. We remember we actually we actually cut him and tried to fly under the radar and clear him off uh, waivers. That was a a gutsy move, and especially with you got teams like the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills that are so uh, they know the Panthers so well. So if they wanted to scoop him up, they could have. But uh, he's really the main guy that has the flexibility to go inside out. I don't see. I mean, you got somebody like. Bravion Roy, who's definitely he—he he doesn't have the position flexibility. So um, it looks like—I mean, I'm sure that either Marquise Haynes or Gross Matos, one of those will have to go. Just they're just going to have to get through it. It looks like uh, Haynes has that that shoulder issue, and obviously Gross Matos is has that ankle issue that had put him on IR. And he's cleared IR. So if both of those guys can go, that'd be a great rotation considering Weatherly's gone. But as far as relating to your question, I mean, uh, F.A. Obata is the only guy that we have on our team that I view as having that flexibility that can go inside out or vice versa. Absolutely. And on the other side of the ball, it looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are actually getting healthier by them getting Chris Godwin um, back this week potentially. Yeah, it seems like every uh, every time I check the injury report for the team that we're playing, I'm like, okay. I mean, you don't you don't wish any kind of bad health on a player, but you're like, but that if if they're missing, that'd be huge for the Panthers. But it, it ever as we get towards Thursday, Friday for the final injury report, the teams like you said get healthier, and the Panthers don't really move the needle towards health. So yeah, they they had some players yesterday that were either questionable or leaning towards ruling out like Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. But all those guys are cleared and they're going to be playing. So it looks like they're going to be pretty much full strength. 
Absolutely, and that doesn't bode well for our team. But it'll definitely give our offensive line a surefire test, and hopefully we'll get to see some reps from some key guys on the offensive line and see how well they hold up. And that actually brings us into our next point. How do you think that um, the Buccaneers' offense matches up against the Panthers' defense? And what matchups are you watching in particular? Well, with the when you talk about Pan, uh, the Tampa Bay offense, obviously it starts with Tom Brady. He's uh, he's throwing sixty five point three percent completion rate, and the Buccaneers team as a whole, they uh, they're scoring twenty seven point eight points per game. They're passing for three hundred and fifty eight yards per game, and they're rushing for ninety two yards per game. Um, they're rushing. Um, I could see that that going up because they do have two good rotational running backs. I mean, Leonard Fournette, yeah, he, he's probably getting more comfortable with the system now. I mean, they've they've they're locked in. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the only downfall they got is they they keep adding so many players that they haven't really gelled together yet, in my opinion. Obviously, you've seen that with the Saints game. But as far as they, they got a potent offense, I don't think there's anybody that would argue that in our defense the biggest thing i'm looking for is can we get off the field in third down the panthers are allowing 58 uh, they've allowed out of 107 third down conversions the panthers are 58 for 107 which that's 54 percent conversion rate and then they have nine sacks on the year which is 30th in the nfl you, we ne- we definitely need to get after Tom Brady. You don't necessarily have to um, sack him, but if you can hurry him up, he's definitely made some uh, arid throws this year. As if you go back and look at the film, and if you've watched the games, you've definitely seen him try to make some some things happen. Maybe Father Tom's catching up with him, and he can't make the throws he used to under pressure. Absolutely, and that was a great take. And I'm thinking um, hopefully the Panthers get Jeremy Chin back this week. Um, the matchup I'll be watching is him against Rob Gronkowski and him playing that big nickel role. Uh, Travis Kelsey went off last week because Jeremy Chin was absent. It was notably easy to see that Jeremy Chin was not there to occupy that space. So that matchup, um, if Gronk is, is going to go fully, then it's going to be interesting to see him against Jeremy Chin. That's a that's a great point. I mean, you could you could say that the Panthers might have won that game if Jeremy Chan would have been playing, and that's a lot to say for a rookie. Absolutely, NFL analysts would agree with you. They're saying that he's almost as valuable to the organization as Christian McCaffrey is. That's a bold statement, and I mean, with with uh, Christian McCaffrey's lack of playing this year, I think they would be right. I mean, Jeremy Chan is. He he didn't play D one in college, so uh, to for him to come out and adapt that soon and take on the challenge, the future is bright for him. The only thing we need to figure out for him is is he going to be um, a linebacker or are we going to put him at safety with uh, with his flexibility? What 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 role can he really hone in on, or is he going to be able to carry out that role where he can play that hybrid position for? 10, 15 years of his career. Absolutely. And let's look at the flip side of things. We know that, you know, you, you mentioned guys like Shaq Barrett, who's honestly, like, he's a monster. I think uh, the NFL is definitely taking notice of Shaq Barrett and is giving him a lot of respect. 
and he's earned it. So we got guys like that barreling down on Teddy Bridgewater in this patchwork offense, like offensive line, excuse me. How do you think that the Panthers' offense matches up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense? Well, I, I will say I will say this: if uh, if Joe Brady calls a good game this this um, against the Bucks this time, the the head coach rumors are going to grow for sure. We definitely got to get the the ball out early. Try to let's try to use Curtis Samuel. His role's been growing. We've got three guys that are just streaky fast. They got, I mean, DJ Moore is known for his yards after catch, yards after contact. Uh, Robbie Anderson, they said that he only had one route he could run. Obviously, he's proven that wrong in in Carolina. And then Curtis Samuel. I mean, the, the we're finally using Curtis Samuel for what I believe. Ron Rivera drafted him for. It was a great pick. He he has some health issues that he needs to work through, but he's definitely being the the player that he we seen at Ohio State and what everybody had the idea of him doing in Carolina when we drafted him. Absolutely. And it's great to see his role grow as well. I would yeah, I would definitely say so. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think that that um, would be the breakout player for this game. Would you say that he, either him or what specific position group on offense is, is the breakout players for a must win? And it can even be on defense as well. What do the Panthers have to do on both sides of the ball? Who needs to step up and be big on offense? And who needs to have a great game on defense for the Panthers to come out with a win? With the the first game we played against them, if you remember, we had DJ Moore uh, had eight catches for 120 yards, and that was one of his best games this season. Uh, look for him to, I would say, look for him to try to have a big game. The probably the weak point of the Buccaneers' defense is their secondary. So if we if we can get the ball out early. We're going to have to get the ball out early because our offensive line is worse than the first game because we Okun's out at left tackle, so they're probably going to line up Shaq Barrett at the left tackle over the left tackle position and try to let him eat. So on the offensive side, I look for DJ Moore because we've got so many questions about DJ Moore, his inconsistencies. It's it's time for him to step up and prove that he is the first round pick that we went after. And then on the defensive side, um, that other defensive end, we know what Brian Burns is made of. He's proven that he's got four sacks this year, three sacks or three strip sacks. So, and we've seen gross mottos grow. I mean, you, you talk about Jeremy Chin being a great player. That first game we played the Raiders, uh, gross mottos looked lost but he's came on very strongly in a short period of time. Credit the coaching staff, credit his uh, willingness to learn. But if Gross Matos and another young player, Marquise Haynes, I've been very, very impressed with him being a rotational guy. Those guys have got to win their their matchups when Brian Burns and Derek Brown are double teamed. Awesome, and absolutely, and I will agree with um, I'll actually take your player that you had just mentioned and said, Curtis Samuel. Um, Curtis Samuel is going to be the recipient of a lot of those quick plays, those trickery plays and everything like that. He'll probably find the end zone 
And if he can find the end zone multiple times in this matchup, it will actually be really good. On the defensive side of the ball, I look for Gross Matos to come back and play and actually get some um, interesting work himself. I think he's a big-time player. He's just got to get healthy, and he's got to stay healthy. As long as he's healthy, we saw early on in the season that he does have big play potential. And I, I think he comes out of his shell uh, against the Buccaneers this game. It's the, the future is bright for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I know this season isn't what Panthers fans are uh, wanting, but – We've got a second-year defensive end in Brian Burns and a first-year rookie defensive end starter in Gross Matos, and both of those guys look like staples for our defense moving forward. Absolutely. All right. So what players must the Panthers stop in order to win from the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers are loaded. Mike Evans has got to be the number one guy that comes to mind. But then oh. you start you start thinking, other players that they got, they've got Antonio Brown. Now they just got Chris Godwin back. How many players do the Panthers have to stop to win this game? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, uh, it's gonna be interesting. And and, and another guy you that we we might have uh, forgotten a, a breakout player. It might be Corn Elder uh, playing in the slot position because we don't know where Godwin and Antonio Brown are gonna line up. This might be the 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 test that he that he's needed to have to see if he really has the potential to be a starting uh, nickel for the Panthers moving forward. He um, He's had a rough year, I mean, a rough career with the Carolina Panthers. They've forced him to play outside, and obviously that's not his natural position. He's definitely had a career year this year playing in the slot. So if we have if – if he's lined up against either Godwin or Antonio Brown – those are those are tough tasks to ask, and if he answers the call, then that'll be something that the Panthers can hang their hats on. Um, obviously, you said that we had to watch out for Mike Evans. He he absolutely roasted us the first game, and then we just need another thing to watch for is if we get too uh, bought into the passing game, make sure that the the dual threat running backs don't kill us either. Absolutely. And that's another thing. They're loaded everywhere at offense. It's not a single position of weakness. It's almost like, you know, on Madden where you go to free agency and somehow you have about $80 million in cap room to spend and you just go crazy. That's what this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team looks like. I don't know where they even got all that cap room from. But, well, I mean, yeah, I do know where they got all that cap room from. It's years of being an NFL purgatory. So... <laughs> They built a championship team out of free agency, and the Philadelphia Eagles failed with that a while ago when they tried to do the same thing with the big Nandi Asamoa and Asante Samuel signing when they had Mike Vick. But it looks like this Tampa Bay Buccaneers free agency to the championship experience might actually get them there. Um, I think only the Seahawks and the Saints actually stand in their way of doing that. But they have too many players on both sides of the ball. <laughs> Yeah, they they definitely they're all in this season, and uh, we'll see. I mean, chemistry is a big thing in the NFL. You look at teams that have. I mean, it took the took the Chiefs a few years to get there. They had this, pretty much the same players. They had to add a few pieces, but you, I mean, they've added. Uh, it's talking about the Buccaneers. They've added Fournette, Antonio Brown lately, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. Um, We'll see if 
talent can win. I mean, a lot can be said about it experience as well i mean they've already lost to the saints twice and the saints they don't look too solid either they're they're up and down as well i mean the afc is definitely a lot better than the nfc but i would agree only the seahawks and the saints stand in their way of being the first team to uh, have a city host a super bowl and have their team represent them in the super bowl absolutely and i might make that trip down to the tampa bay area myself because i love the tampa bay area i've been down there couple of times but i love charlotte north carolina even more and let's get a score prediction for this game on that note so as far as the score prediction goes i mean we've uh there's not there's not been a single game where the panthers hadn't been in it and i know that the last time we played them we scored we we lost by 14 but they scored a late touchdown to kind of seal the deal but uh no Christian McCaffrey, um, a long list of the injury report. I mean, you had to scroll forever to get to the bottom of it on the Panthers' side. Um, I keep saying this um, game after game after game. The Panthers are who we thought they were. They're going to hang in there. Their offense is going to do good enough to keep them in the games. They're going to lose to the superior um, teams. And another thing to think about, this is the sixth straight week where the Panthers had faced either a former league MVP or a former Super Bowl MVP. That's a lot to take on. But with that being said, I think the final score in a high-scoring game is going to be Tampa Bay edging out the Panthers 34-27. to What do you think? It's a great scoreline. I'm, I'm not going to give us the benefit of the doubt this week. And I'm going to say that the score line is actually going to be a little bit wider than that. I think the score is going to be about 35 to about 20. Okay. I mean, I could, I could, I could definitely see that with, uh, like, I mean, it's just, you're only, the, in the NFL, you're only as good as your backups. Can your backups fill those gaps? And unfortunately, if your backups are that good, they end up being starters somewhere else. So depth is, depth is a huge thing. And right now we just don't have, the depth, like you, you, you made a great point that I didn't even think about. Last week, we seen the absence of Jeremy Shin really, really hit us hard. I mean, I always you take for granted how great Travis Kelsey is, but if if Jeremy Shin would have been in there, he would definitely he he definitely might not have locked him down, but he would have controlled the bleeding for sure. Um, another another thing I want to get your opinion on real quick is uh, I know we on this podcast we keep. We keep, we, it seems like we always predict the Panthers to lose, but I'll just remind the Panther Nation out there that uh, the future is bright for the Carolina Panthers. we got a great young core. Um, we've had the best draft that I can remember in a long time with not just Derek Brown, uh, Jeremy Chin, Gross Matos playing well. We've got other players that are contributing right off the bat, which is unheard of. Uh, we actually got a decent amount of cap space this year. And on our last podcast, I would um, urge people to go back and look at, we kind of dug, dug into the contracts of Shaq Thompson, K1 Short. There's a, there's, we got some wiggle room where we can eat, create even more cap space given the COVID restrictions. We don't know what COVID's going to end up doing to the actual salary cap, but we just need to stay positive as a, fan base and just remember that we also got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan 
those guys are going to be gone. And the, I would say that the Panthers are in way better shape than the other three teams in the NFC South for the next three to five years. Oh, no, I would absolutely totally agree with that, to be honest. I think we're built right now to win and be competitive and even have a growing amount of cap room. That's what I think a lot of the fans are failing to realize. And I, we talked about this um, – I say even in our earlier episodes when the, the power report first started and I was telling people, I said, look, next year we're going to have a lot of cap room. As long as the league cap stays at where it's supposed to be, the Panthers are projected to have about $60 million in cap room. And that number after that is going to grow all the way up to about 100 Yeah. So we have plenty of cap space to sign a lot of big-time free agents. you got to remember, guys like Jeremy Chin won't be due for a new contract until another three seasons. Yep. We still got – we still – DJ Moore, this is – correct me if I'm wrong, this is only his third year. The only two players we need to look at re-signing this offseason is Curtis Samuel and Taylor Moten. And I know you don't think Taylor Moten will be there, but I think that the that the Panthers are going to try to re-sign him. The only thing they're waiting on is, uh, A, David Tepper might be saying, hey, we need to wait a minute because I don't know if Marty Herney is going to be our GM after the draft. We don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And we're trying to – the Panthers are trying to see what the COVID uh, pandemic is going to do to the salary cap. But I do believe they're going to try to at least make a run at Taylor Moten because you'd be almost clinically insane not to. No, absolutely. Absolutely right. And I definitely do hope that Taylor Moen comes back. But I just think that because the Panthers are so slow moving on trying to get something done with his contract, I'm just a little bit skeptical. But you never say never, of course. And this should be a very interesting um, offseason and seeing how they handle the contracts. I hope that we get both Curtis Samuel and him back some way, somehow on some team-friendly deals for once. And, um, yeah, going into next year, it should be good. Getting a really good draft, like pick, like we, a draft uh, class like we did last year, and hopefully get something like that this year. Maybe on the flip side of the ball and really shore up that offensive line because I can only imagine if we had a really good offensive line, how potent our offense would be at that point. Yeah, you give Teddy Bridgewater enough time back there, it'd be huge things, and that's why another reason why I, like, we need to resign Taylor Moten. You have. Uh, you have an issue at left tackle that needs to be sorted out. And if you let him walk, that's both your tackle positions. And we already talked on our last podcast about the guards in the center. Um, I mean, if you let your right tackle – and you you have questions at pretty much four out of the five positions, we might find ourselves next year at on the podcast talking about loss after loss because of the – offensive line we might shore some things up on defensive front but and defensive as a whole but if we can't if we can't try to figure out some of these offensive line uh, problems then that's going to be some critical losses next year and then on the back side of this season we still got teams like the lions the washington football team the falcons um we we still got some very winnable games so I predicted the Panthers go three and thirteen this season. A lot of people said in the media and fan base that I've talked to predicted that the Panthers wouldn't even do that good. So to be to win three games at at the midseason point um, with very winnable games gone, we can at least say that's been a pleasant surprise for the the Panthers to actually go out there and be very competitive and 
like we said last week, dang near almost beat the defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, the future is bright in Charlotte. We need to keep our heads up and keep pounding for sure. Absolutely. And on that note, thank you so much, Carolina Dave. You know, you always give great takes. And I know the fan base has a lot of optimism based on some of the takes that we've been doing as of late. You know, nobody wants to see that we're going to um, regress. And we're giving a lot of optimism and we're showing a lot of really sound facts on why there's a lot of reasons to have optimism around this football team. So we just got to keep pounding, like you said. And, you know, the the schedule's really hard for us this year, but hopefully the NFL gives us a break and gives us an easier schedule next year. And then all these guys will have all the experience playing in such hard competition. Yeah, for – Next year, who knows? Next year, we might be doing a podcast in late January where we're talking about wild card or divisional playoff games. How sweet would that be? Oh, it'd be amazing. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, look at the NFC South. We got older quarterbacks. Um, they ain't going to be around forever. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy when you talk about Tom Brady and Drew Brees, as long as they've been in the league and how productive they've been, but we're the Carolina Panthers, the record might not reflect it, but like Dave Tepper said, a few years of bad times for long, long uh, sustained success is coming our way. He, I mean, he came, he was a minority owner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at their model. They're competitive every year. So we just, as, as Panthers fans, we just need to remember that, the end goal is to be competitive every year and try to win these division titles. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Well, Panther Nation, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Let's keep pounding. Let's hope for a really, really good game against the Buccaneers. Let's do it. Tell them where to find you on Twitter. Absolutely. You can check us out at The Proud Report, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and I believe Snapchat now. Yeah, add them on Snapchat. Get some game day uh, videos and Snapchats throughout the game from 1 o'clock starting on Sunday. Absolutely. And Mr. Know-It-All will probably be tweeting out um, the link on the Proud Report for our live stream. He's supposed to be hosting a live stream this weekend of the game, and it's going to be really fun. And we probably plan on giving out some Panthers foam fingers. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, have those foam fingers for when we can go back in the stadium next year at full capacity. Absolutely. That would be even more fun because I love the whole atmosphere at Bank of America Stadium. Oh, it's, it's like none other, that's for sure. I've been to plenty of NFL stadiums, but just especially with the buzz that the Panthers got, it's been a bad season to miss out because uh, a lot of a lot of there's been a lot of uh, down like Panthers fans. They don't they had we had low expectations, but I mean I know we've only won three games, but the from the people I've talked to, the media, the spirits are high. So I even even when we lose these tough games and everything like that, I've walked away with a smile on my face and many people that I've talked to. So it'd been a great time around Bank of America if we could be there with all our friends. Absolutely. All right. Well, Panda Nation, y'all keep pounding, and we'll talk to you soon. Keep pounding.